This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Everybody, welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. I'm Andrew. And we've got special guests. Special guests. Including... I'm Susanna. <laughs> and get, I'm Laura. Get closer to that mic, sorry, baby. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so we've, we've got special guests this week because it's our holiday episode, and we thought we would make it a family affair. It's a family affair, so both of our wives are here. Our, yeah. our wives. Two, no, two, stop that. Two <laughs> people who happen to be married to us. I'm not are sure here. how to do two bo- like plural Borats because he don't. doesn't have you multiple don't, you wives, don't, right? You don't have to, and so you don't. Okay, fine. Borzat. <laughs> so we brought everyone here to talk about a book uh, that's based on a film. Um, well, <laughs> to, call it, the, to call it a book and a film is very, yeah, is very generous. I think. Generous. You read pages that were bounded together yeah. in printed form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sound like you were going to say in prison. And I believe that maybe. the movie The Santa Claus was broadcast in theaters. Yeah, yeah it, was. it was. I saw it in theaters. In a cinema. I saw it in theaters. On the yeah. cover of your book, it says, as seen on ABC. So I'm not like... The I, television I, I think channel. They, I so think weird, they did yeah. a wide-ranging... TV. We are reading the novelization of the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. And yes, the book version does say as seen on ABC, which makes me think it was part of a marketing push for whatever this like wonderful world of Disney movie yeah, series Nights. on ABC. Yeah. Do they still do that? No. Because okay. they have ABC Family. They have the Disney. Network. No, ABC We're... Family is not no. a thing anymore. Oh, it's free Yeah, come on, idiot. I hate it. <laughs> um, this book, this adaptation is do by you even Daphne. watch Riverdale. <laughs> Uh, is by Daphne Skinner, based on the screenplay written by Leo Benvenuti and Boy. Steve Rudnick. Uh, it is worth noting that those two gentlemen collaborated on all of the Santa Claus films <laughs> and all three Space of Jam. Whoa! They share a writing credit on Space Jam I love with two Space other people. <laughs> it took four people to write Space Jam. Sure. Boys, all right, so we got the Looney Tunes, we got Michael Jordan, we got the Monstars, what now if, we don't know what to do with them. What if... Two of them wrote the Looney Tunes and two of them wrote the Monstars. Who wrote my, Michael Jordan just wrote his own stuff? I bet. <laughs> I think Michael Jordan, Jordan yeah, MJ. he gets to do whatever he, he wants. He should get his own credit then. Oh, that's a good that's point. True. He's not on there. That movie is life canon for how he quit playing oh, minor yeah. league baseball, yeah, though, that's right? True. Like, that's yeah. actually how he Absolutely. got out the game. That's okay. Why he came back to play for the Bulls <laughs> because the Looney Tunes showed him the way. <laughs> so, if you've never listened to this show before, you're welcome. Um, we're going to talk about this book. That Andrew and I have read, and that Laura and Susanna have not. Though I do think all four of us have recently seen recently seen the movie, the viewing experience, the that hit, is the international hit film, the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, yes. uh, starring Tim he... Allen and Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it was released in 1994, um, November yes. 1994. It was the highest grossing. F- okay, all in one week. Tim Allen had a banner week in 1994. <laughs> He starred in the <laughs> highest grossing film. Peaked. 
he, he, he had a book that was at the top of the New York Times bestseller list called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. Well, good and mm-hmm. he appeared in the top-rated television series, Home Improvement. All in one week. In, like he was the main thing. <laughs> he now. was the guy. <laughs> now listen, Susanna. He won eight straight People's Choice Awards no. for his portrayal of I Tim the Toolman Taylor. How many Taylor. seasons did it run? 1991 to 1999. So, so eight. eight years. Yeah. So, so every year. The yes. people loved him. He also got a Golden Globe in 1995. I used Whoa. to love Home Improvement. Now that was probably the same year that they were that they would have seen him in the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder if you the voters... You think it colored that award? Yes. I think the voters I mean, were... Oh, oh so they were giving him an award for like his whole oeuvre, <laughs> not that, just the one thing. Point. The 90s <laughs> sure. were big for Tim Allen. Like People like to laugh about Tim Allen these days, but you know the 90s had... People like to laugh about Tim Allen in the 90s, too. I just like... I like, in a looking, I like looking back in time and seeing, like with the benefit of hindsight... The different arcs, like Beyonce and Lucy Liu, once were the same amount of famous. That's my favorite part of the, the song "Hey Ya" by Outkast. Is uh-huh. the part where he says, that, "Hey all you Beyonces and Lucy Liu." That was what I was. I yeah, know. What I was and referencing. it's like, yeah, they were on an equal playing field. And also, once upon like a time. Tim, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks both got the same star mm. power in 1995. Not That's anymore. True. That's true. <laughs> nope. What was Tim yeah. Allen in most recently? He was in that show that got canceled. Last and he's, Yeah, he said it was because yeah. he was a conservative and that they were silencing his voice. I mean, now, that got canceled like last year. It like, is worth. Well, he still said thing. that was why. It is worth noting that John John Pasquin, who uh, directed the Santa Claus with an E at the end, um, also was a producer on Home Improvement. Ooh, nice. Directed episodes of Family Ties, Growing Pains, and Roseanne. Oh, boy. This was his feature debut, oh, The Santa Claus was, okay. and he also collaborated with Tim Allen on Last Man Standing. They there are good They're buds, good I guess. Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind fine. of sweet, actually. This is a book podcast. <laughs> We're just tracing okay. the life of Tim Allen. But you read the novelization of The Santa Claus that's for true. it. That's so. true. Which is a book. <laughs> and how familiar are we with the the Santa Claus franchise of films? I only ever saw this one, and the last time, I, I, we watched it last week. But before that, I don't think I'd seen it since I was like 14 yeah, or something. I think I saw it in, um, yeah. I saw Santa Claus 2 in theaters on a date. <laughs> well. Romantic. <laughs> That's the one where he has to find a Mrs. Claus, right? Yes, it is romantic. Oh gosh, it's he, the romantic one of the three of if them. If he doesn't yes. get a wife, Christmas dies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and so actually he starts losing his Santa powers and he turns back into Tim Allen. Oh. And then once they get married, they both turn into... Santa Claus and Mrs. Mrs. Claus again. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, some blonde woman. Yeah, blonde woman. Hold on, I got it. While you're looking that up, in Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, Martin Short plays Jack Frost. Yeah, everybody (laughs) knows that. And he tricks Tim Allen into giving up being Santa Claus so that Jack Frost can be Santa Claus. Why Um, does he want that? Because he's jealous that everyone else pays attention to Santa Claus at wintertime. Yeah, you don't see Jack Frost on a can of Coke. That's true. That's but he did get his own movie, Jack Frost, not Martin Short as Jack Frost. <laughs> 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 really um, Elizabeth Mitchell is an American actress known for her role as Dr. Juliet Burke on the ABC series Lost. And oh, she yeah, has starred in such films as The Santa Claus 2 and The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, Gia, and The She's Purge election year. Oh, no. <laughs> She's a, a serious fun. actress. It's weird that she was in The Santa Claus 2. Hey, Tim Allen was on Inside the Actor's Studio. That's true. <laughs> he, he he did talk to what's James... 
Lipton. Lipton about starring in the movie Shaggy Dog. He oh definitely God. did. So did he talk about the grunt? I don't know if he... Yeah, I think he did do multiple grunts. Okay, good. I thought you were talking about a movie called The Grunt. And no, no, no. About it's, it. it's The Grunt. <laughs> we want to talk about this book, but we should probably talk about Santa Claus first. What are... Like, the Man? The Man, the Myth, the Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, I think Based you, on a real man. Based on a real man. Named? Jim Alice. St. Nicholas. Okay. What's St. Nicholas's deal? <laughs> uh, St. Nicholas was a bishop um, in the Christian church. Uh, born in what is now modern-day Turkey. Um, he was born on March the 15th in the year 2070. Whoa. Careful. Beware, Beware the Ides of March. St. Christopher. No, St. Nicholas. Beware St. Christopher, who's behind you with a knife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Got dark. Um, and uh, lived a good long life, uh, Nicholas did. Uh, he died on December the 6th in uh, 343 um, so in much of Northern Europe, um, the Feast of St. Nicholas is actually celebrated on December the 6th, not on December the 25th, what hmm. we Westerners know as Christmas Day. Hmm. Fun fact. Cultural differences. We're all just making it up all the time as we go along, because it's not Jesus's birthday either. No, it's not. <laughs> and a, bunch, like a pagan thing. Yeah, that they decided to change. Some folks were celebrating the solstice, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, we know a very famous baby <laughs> that you should celebrate." Yeah, yeah. those early Christians are sneaky. Um, do you guys believe in Santa Claus? Did you believe in Santa I don't Claus? Think I ever really like truly believed in Santa Claus. My parents were not Santa Claus parents. Mm. I didn't know anything about Santa Claus until I went to preschool. And then, you know, that's where they get you. And so I came (laughs) home with all the Santa Claus stuff and they were just like, let's just not talk about it. Like they didn't, I didn't have presents from Santa Claus. I would have sooner died than sat on a mall Santa's lap. Like, that's a different issue. And that's you can see that in the eyes of a lot of kids. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I remember one year when I was a little too old, I was like seven. And I said, because I was like trying to hold on to my childhood that was slipping away from me, mm-hmm. that I like wished that Santa Claus would like tell me which presents were from him. And my mom was like, all right. And so she like labeled one of them like that. And I knew that it wasn't real. <laughs> see, and Santa always brought one present to my brother and I and it was the unwrapped present mm-hmm. i.e. the biggest one and generally the most hard to wrap sure like That's it's smart. hard to wrap a doll interesting house. so Santa as like a convenience mm-hmm. mechanism for your parents <laughs> alright mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. yeah, we got gifts from Santa and we might have talked about this on the show on when we've done a previous Santa book I can't book. remember I anymore I, it's weird I don't remember uh, we used to do a thing where uh, in our two story house growing up you everybody had a bedroom on the top floor and you had to wait until someone went downstairs to make sure that Santa Claus wasn't there. <laughs> and yeah, you, you just got to make sure he's not down there because if maybe you see him, I don't know what would happen. Our, yeah, our parents did the like go downstairs first and then wait down there thing too, but I don't remember there being a Santa related reason. I think my mom just liked taking pictures of us coming down the stairs oh, until sure, we sure. were much too old <laughs> to look enthusiastic about it. All right. Should, should we talk about this book? Sure. About this, yeah. this wonderful book that this we read? wonderful book based on a wonderful film. What do you want to talk about first? 
Do you just want to do like a plot synopsis? Do you want to do this we'll book take... be different than this movie? Do you? Well, I, I'm sure we'll do both of those things. Oh, we will. I just want to know how you want to start. Set me up. Tell me. Tell me the beginning of this tale, Andrew. The beginning of this tale. The book opens with one Charlie Calvin, who's got divorced parents. Sure. And I think this was in the '90s, and so like a chi- like being a child of divorce could still be your primary characteristic. Well, there and that was a was like... run of '90s films about divorced families. Mm-hmm. Like Mrs. D- I saw this film compared in a review mm-hmm. to Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah, which is a you know a classic in the problematic dad genre of <laughs> kids movies. Sure. <laughs> where it's like a dad just can't handle it and can't accept his. His failings or his role as the other dad now, it's hmm. yeah. That that dad's failings were very different than sure than Tim Allen's failings, but mm-hmm. no less marked. Because yes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So uh, Charlie Calvin has to spend Christmas with his dad, and he is not excited about is this it. In the first person, no, Close it's third. all it's all in the third, third person. Third. Yeah. yeah, um, it's it mostly follows Charlie and Scott. Calvin okay. around so his dad Scott Calvin is a executive at a toy company even though in the book you don't really get that early on um and Charlie yeah Charlie has to go stay with them he tells his mom hey come get me really early on Christmas day because I don't like being here yeah and there's a whole bunch of like little moments where his dad is like taking digs at the stepdad Neil. Neil, played by Judge sure. Reinhold in the film. Judge Reinhold and his sweaters. He's got oh, a lot of sweaters. Oh, sweaters. Man. And ears. That man is nothing but sweaters and ears. In that film, yes. <laughs> yes, for certain. Uh, he's a psychiatrist mm-hmm. who's like, and he I stopped don't... believing in Santa when he when didn't he get a weenie old. whistle. Yeah. So okay. That that is a that's a difference from this book in the first place. There's a couple little things like that. In mm. so in this book, the gift is an Ovaltine decoder ring. Oh but God. I guess for the movie, they decided that was too Christmas story and decided to change it. <laughs> well, like, which came first though? The weenie whistle or the Ovaltine? Yeah, I guess I don't know because this. I mean, this. But at the end of the movie, Judge Reinhold spoilers. Gets his weenie whistle. He, does and he gets get to blow whistle. on the weenie whistle, and you can't. I get, yeah, like, for a it's movie, it's not neat to watch someone yeah, use a right. decoder ring. Yeah, unless there's something to decode. It take too long. You just need that that vision. It would just be a whistle. message that Tim Allen left yeah. behind that said, "I'm Santa." <laughs> <laughs> so a good okay, puzzle. at the beginning, do you know why Charlie does not want to spend? Christmas with his dad just because his dad is kind of a sad sack he doesn't get anything right he doesn't listen to him mm-hmm. you know do you, is that that's right right yeah okay the first image that you really get um it was hard enough spending weekends with dad but Christmas Eve the worst Charlie oh, glanced at the single string of Christmas lights over dad's front door typical every other house on the street was aglow with bright blinking holiday decorations angels reindeer even flamingos wearing Santa hats but not dad's house one pathetic string of lights, and they were falling down. Aww. Charlie sighed. His father definitely didn't have it together. How so old is Charlie? I don't know. Eight, like or, eight or nine. nine. Yeah. Like, not quite middle school. Um, not, not old enough. So I was reading a New York Times review that split up the, the audiences, the kids for this movie of, like, ages four to six, ages seven to ten, and ages 11 to 13. So I think he's, like... It is four to six. They might not get all of the implications of the movie, like what it means to be, to believe in Santa, sure. but they're going to like enjoy the reindeer 
Mm-hmm. Whereas like eleven to thirteen, they're going to get some of the like the home improvement style humor, <laughs> sure. and they're not going to be embarrassed to go with their little brother or sister. Mm-hmm. He's in the middle, which okay. is like, hmm, I don't know if I believe in Santa Claus anymore. What if a movie told me I should? <laughs> okay. is like, I think you know that you don't at that point. Like you, you know, to. you know, you you know enough about logistics to know that it doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, there's a lot of those questions in this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they really answer any of them satisfactorily. Well, <laughs> the, t- the time thing, nobody ever explains. Like, they take great pains to explain yeah. how he gets down in a house with no chimney, but he doesn't, like, there's or, like, no... how the presents work with the bag keeps just Yeah, right, but there's himself. no, like, temporal explanation for no, how he not. visits all these houses. And, in fact, in the book, it says specifically that they, like, spend half an hour flying from one house to another house. <laughs> it's true. It's not... Are there sense. no houses in between? Yeah. I guess not. It it's logistically like, well, remember the wise. scene in the movie where Tim Allen goes down and he like sets off the alarm and the dog comes mm-hmm. and is like barking at him. And then he goes up to the roof and then the reindeer leave and then they park at the house right, ne- right next door. Yeah. Instead of right next door, it takes half an hour to fly the next house. All right. But it's the same point mm. in the story. Mm, that I think the movie had that one a little more. So accurate. we've skipped a yeah, we've skipped crucial step. We did. No, movie, no, no, no. I'm actually. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. The main thing. The We're going to jump around a lot. of the clause. Yeah. Is that he, Charlie, does not really care for his dad. They have a crappy uh Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner. It's not a Denny's in the book. No, it's no. a family restaurant. A family restaurant. <laughs> yeah. family. Did not get permission to use yeah. the name. It is interesting. So this is something that we encountered when we read Home Alone two years ago. Is like there are a couple like scenes in the movie that get like a paragraph. Hmm. That's just like oh they went to a. Andrew, did you find oh, I'm it? Sorry. Uh, Scott parked the car in front of a family style restaurant. And then it's they, open. Like, he crowed. We're in luck. Charlie winced. I don't want to eat here, he told his father. Come on, said Scott in an extra jolly voice. Everybody likes this. this. (laughs) Disaster, Charlie muttered as they walked inside. So in the movie, yeah, it does definitely work better when he says everybody likes Denny's. It's an American institution where in the book he just has to say everybody likes whatever this is. Because the reason they're at Denny's is because Scott ineptly like, ruined Christmas ruined dinner, the right? Which also happens in the in the book. Yeah, but there's no scene in the restaurant mm-hmm. or anything like that. Oh, with like the waitress and all the other dads. Right. That's a weird up. scene where yeah. all of the divorced, all of the sad divorced dads. sad dads are at Denny's, for like Christmas acknowledging Eve each other because they all including burn the, the one turkey. with like a burnt hand that's all wrapped up. Yeah. In yes, because he clearly also failed to cook a bird. Yeah, yeah. and. When we watched the movie recently, when they came to the scene where they pull up to Denny's, I said to Andrew, do you think that it counts as product placement if like it's Nobody a sad, pathetic there, thing yeah. or no one wants to do it? <laughs> I would err on the side of it being product placement because it doesn't appear in the book. But yes. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, who paid who to put Denny's in the movie? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. Bob Evans, definitely. Like the Bob Evans deep state yeah. paid to put Denny's in the movie. So uh, they come back and it's clear that Charlie's having a bad time. And his dad reads him, Twas the night before Christmas. And Charlie has a weird question <laughs> about this book. <laughs> where it, What's the line? It's something, something, a rose. Such a clatter. Such a clatter. Mm-hmm. Laura's looked it up. She's got the poem in front of her. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll keep vamping. She's looking at it. Well, in the book, in the movie, it's like he's he's reading the book and, and he says yada yada because 
Charlie's fallen asleep, so he doesn't want to read the whole thing. In the book version, he just kind of reads Charlie the first part of the story and then says, go to sleep. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn, out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. And Charlie's like, "What's a clatter?" Mm-hmm. But he says, "What's a rose such a clatter?" <laughs> That's three different words: rose, suchak, which looks like a Czech word. Which is, I some- think a Vulcan name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the word ladder. And Scott's like, well, my kid's dumb. It's a clatter. It means a big noise. Go to go to bed. Get yeah, dumb, go to dumb. sleep. And then, of course, he hears a clatter that mm-hmm. night. And mm-hmm. there's a man on the roof. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up his dad. And he's mm-hmm. like, yo, there's a clatter. Let's go, 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 go. <laughs> and then what happens, Andrew? Um, the guy, the guy on the roof falls off the roof. And he. Who's the guy? Santa Claus oh is the guy. Gosh. Does Scott Calvin kill Santa Claus? Is the big question. Is it a stone cold murder of Santa Claus? It is not in any way a murder. Share your theories. It's not a murder. He didn't do anything. When people say he murdered Santa Claus, it's clearly untrue. I don't think it was premeditated. He didn't sure. do anything. He just yelled at him and he fell. Okay, so Laura's making the case for manslaughter, I think. <laughs> I think, because in the movie, and this doesn't happen in the book, but in the movie, um, Scott and Charlie turn around and Santa, like the Santa corpse, waves at them. <laughs> and then when they turn back around, it's, disappeared he's, it's just the suit there. I think Santa was tired of the gig, mm-hmm. wanted to get out the game. Santa's in Cabo now and Scott Calvin How is How to get Claus. to Cabo from with Santa He Matt. brought us probably a spare reindeer. Like they probably have like B-string he reindeer. He had like a pocket that... reindeer that he... Because <laughs> all the know. rest of the reindeer are still up on the roof. I don't know, That's man. true. <laughs> what exactly happens in the book is that Charlie hears his dad go outside. He hears walking on the roof. Hears his dad yell, "Hey you!" And then he hears a <laughs> slithering noise from the roof, followed by a soft thud. So by yelling at the man, Scott Calvin did cause that man to fall off his roof. Kills that's not, Santa. That's mm. not what murder is, though. <laughs> like if you just yell at someone and they get distracted and they fall, that's not your fault. It's it might be some form of manslaughter though. The only witness is an eight year old boy. Like I don't know what. And legal in the book, ground, he's yeah. inside the house. In the book, he's inside. Charlie the house. is inside. Yes. Yeah. Scott, so a likely story. Yep. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think in the film, perfect crime. Again, <laughs> at this point, we have not spent. Uh, at this point in the book, uh, we spent most of our time over Charlie's shoulder. That was something I noticed that was a little different from the film. Yeah, it's like Charlie mostly in the beginning, and then it goes into mostly Scott, but you still get a couple Charlie yeah. things. But. So then we get uh, we get the callback to the Rose such a ladder when all of a it's sudden there's a, a ladder. Long walk off a short, stupid pier. <laughs> there's a ladder in front of the house that Tim Allen's like, where did this come from? And it... Uh, the boy starts climbing it and he sees a little note on it that says, look, the Rose Such a Gladder Company, which is like, why is that in the book? Why does that need to be a joke? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't need to be part. This kid not knowing what his dad said is not part of Santa Claus lore. I will say as a kid, I was like, ha ha, yeah. nice. <laughs> nice I thought play. it was funny. I thought it was funny. Except in the movie, it's not the weird made up words it just yeah says no it is rose no. Such no it's ladder, literally that right? is, no rose it says such there's a, a label on yeah. the on the ladder really? yeah it says rose rose such a ladder yeah ladder as in like ladder i 
I understand what you were saying. I did not recall that. I'm from showing the Laura the book in case she doesn't understand. The film. Exhibit A. <laughs> it's, <Ba-ba. laughs> no, it's in the movie. I remember when I from when I watched hmm. it recently. Yeah. So he's put he he. There's a business card in the suit pocket. Right. Because Scott Calvin appears like Yoda. Scott Calvin is looking for identification to find out who this man he just killed is. <laughs> And they, and he finds a Santa Claus business card. Yeah, and he looks at the card. He reads the name on the card, and then he goes up onto the roof. And does it? Does he read the the clause itself at the moment? He read. They read the clause when they get the card, but he doesn't actually fulfill the clause until later. Until he because the clause is put on the suit the reindeer will know what to do. Yes, mm-hmm. which he does on top of the roof. Right. But like they is that it, the full clause? That's not the clause. The clause is the, the movie, little tiny the print around the, the outside border. That is the, that is the legal language. Sure. Oh, good point. It's just no, instructions. You're right. Put these clothes on. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Wear this dead man's clothes. The reindeer will tell you what to do. Yeah. In so they, the in the book, there is no like little visual trick because it's a book. It just says if if you kill me, put on my suit. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets into the sleigh, mm-hmm. and then what? And then the reindeer like take over. They know what to do. Uh, they know what to they do, know like what on to the do. card, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, like, they take him to another house. Who does Santa need to give business cards out I to? don't know. The people who kill him. And yeah. do they all say that? Well, yeah, so like, if, he's, if he's at, like, a business conference, is he passing out these cards that tell you what to do in case he I don't, dies? I don't know if he goes to, like, a Santa Claus conference. I see... SantaCon. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think <laughs> no one should ever go right. to that. I don't know oh. if it's in, I think it's in this book because I think, so this book contains eight full color pages of photos. From photos the from the hit film. movie. Yeah, right. And there's a part where, uh, so, okay, well, we're going to skip ahead a little bit because um, he puts on the suit and the suit and the reindeer cause him to like fly into some people's houses. The book describes him as turning into liquid Scott. Yeah. Yeah. When he goes down the chimneys. Which is like just they CG'd Tim Allen into a chimney Mm -hmm. and they needed a way to describe it Mm -hmm. in the book. And it's kind of gross. Liquid Scott. Liquid Scott. He hates it. Um, I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) They describe how he goes down like an air vent instead of a chimney because there's no chimney. And the radiator turns into a fireplace. Yeah. And the the room like morphs to create a a fireplace, which solves that problem. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I guess man, they... Sesame Street asked these questions way too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's a, that's the whole Sesame Street Christmas special. Yeah. Is how does he Big get Bird's in there? Big Bird's got a lot of questions. Poor Big Bird. Poor Big Bird. What's wait? What happens to him? He's just Christmas very upset. Eve on Sesame Street. He has a lot of Santa questions, and they don't get He's answered. Very worried. Oh no, that's sad. I've that's never serious. seen this. And before. they lose we'll him for a little okay. bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> so then they end up at the North Pole. Right. They well, I mean, they did fulfill they, Santa's duties. Do they have the scene where the little girl wakes up and she accuses him of being too thin? Yes. yes. That's my favorite yeah. part. Of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this little girl is just like, "Oh, hey, stranger who looks nothing like Santa Claus in my house. Why aren't you? You're fat? too thin." <laughs> yeah, he even gets like some vegetables from one house and he feeds them to the reindeer. to the reindeer, and the reindeer warm up to him at that point. Yes. Um. We'll but say Comet not featured as prominently in the book as in deal. the movie. In the movie. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, Laura, to me that... I had read somewhere that reindeer 
in the wintertime that primarily females keep mm-hmm. their antlers longer than male reindeers. Right. So hypothetically, they're all girls. All they're of all Santa's lady reindeer. reindeers. Which makes, well, one of them is named Vixen, which is a female fox. So it would make sense if they were female. Yeah. It also makes sense that it would be eight women dragging a man around so he can get all the credit (laughs) like that makes a lot yeah the reindeer doing all the work yep yep now he is from the north pole so the reindeer it would be winter for them but does he he does deliver presents to folks on the in the southern hemisphere right but you don't see any of those houses because like visually that's not what we're going for (laughs) yeah right just Santa Claus driving <laughs> around in the summer. Just yeah. sweating right. all, you see, all you see in an American Christmas movie is Santa delivering presents to the American to, Northeast. And sometimes Scandinavia or yeah. London. Midwest, sure. Maybe, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Places with snow. Yeah. So he goes up to the North Places Pole. Places that had snow in the 90s. Yeah. And yeah. there's a little, there's a very minor beat. And this is where some of the visuals of the movie don't translate to the book. Because like, I don't know if you guys. <laughs> this are, is where? This is where. This is the, this this is the part. This I mean, spot. The, the liquid squat thing. I was totally on board. Liquid totally squat. Totally on board. Got it. Very. The very elves in the film are like very. more like a jelly than a liquid. Mm. The <laughs> Carry on. Elves in the film are very high tech. There's a lot of like computers. Uh, they un- unveil some new gear for Santa. Is there sort Flame of like suit, etc. I mean, this, yeah. some some of that happens toward the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in general, they are technologically advanced creatures. Right. And there's a little goof at the beginning when you meet them where they're like the North Pole comes out of the ground and there's like a keypad and it's like on a it. pole. Yeah. And it's just like it's mentioned in a sentence in the book, mm-hmm. but that sentence doesn't like convey the 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 mood of the film, which is like. Yo, these elves have some cool stuff. Yeah, like, they're elves with attitude, they as, as they say at least attitude. twice. <laughs> My, God. Oh my God. God. So he goes in, he meets the elves. There's the chief elf named Bernard, <laughs> who is like explaining to him. They, as soon as he Bernard shows up. Bernard is the surliest guy. <laughs> he is. Like, all the other elves are like so excited just to like be there. And Bernard's like, you idiot, like, put on the suit. What did you think was going to happen? Bernard's the head elf. Like, how many Santas has he broken in? He's probably tired of this. This probably ruins his night when Santa dies. Well, so he keeps asking people, like, who's in charge? Scott does. And they keep replying, you, because you're Santa Claus. And he goes to Bernard, (laughs) and he's like, "Uh, no, I'm not Santa. And Bernard says, did you or did you not read the card? He's like, well, I did. Then you're Santa Claus. And by putting on the jacket, you accepted the contract. And I put down my book, and I made a note. What legal system is recognizing (laughs) this contract? People don't know that Santa exists. They have to believe in him. Mm -hmm. They don't know. The elves, I'm sure, are not part of the UN. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what legal framework does this stand up in other than just magic makes it happen? I mean, it is magic that makes it happen because this book and the movie both become like full on body horror. (laughs) (laughs) He can't not be Santa. That is true. It does just happen to him. He doesn't choose. No, you're right. That's a good point. He makes his peace with it, but it is happening to him whether he likes it or not. I'm kind of under the impression that him making his peace with it is also part of the compulsion of the Santa Claus. (laughs) Like, that's just how his brain just eventually changes to be Santa Claus's brain. That's a good point. Right? Like, there's no scene of him being like, oh, I guess this is okay after all. Let me go with it. He just sort of does it eventually. Well, and there's yeah. a photo in in the center One of the One of the eight pages of yes. the full-color photos from um, the hit film, The Santa Claus. Yeah, where his kid is sitting in this room full of photos of other Santa Clauses. Yeah, so there is... 
a sequence that apparently was cut. Like there are a couple pictures that I think were from deleted scenes. Oh, weird. Um, well, I mean, like that's one in it. Yikes! And I don't the one, recognize that. one of him with the nosebleed did not oh, happen in the that movie. Because there's in the book, there's this whole sequence where he is at school and there's this bully that's giving him a lot of trouble, like giving him a lot of guff because he keeps saying his dad is Santa Claus. Yeah. And he has that, like, Bernard gives him the snow globe for, like, in the early part of the movie, not really for any reason. <laughs> it's he just gives, a very nice snow globe. He gives it to him here. It's magic. Eventually, it is revealed that it allows him to, like, see see Santa Claus, and you only see the magic in the snow globe if you believe if you in believe. Santa Claus. Right. I- including if you happen to be Santa Claus and whether or not you believe in it at the same time. Believing is seeing, Craig. Yes, believing is seeing. Um, but, but yeah, there's this there's this run with a bully where like the bully takes the snow globe, and then Charlie has to like stand up to him, and he gets in a fight, and he won't like the bully keeps beating him up and getting him to trying to get him to say there's no Santa Claus, and he won't do it because oh he believes. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this weird Spartacus moment where all the kids are like, "I believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> I believe in Santa Claus." It's very bizarre. You yeah. got to stand up to bullies. Yeah. And then you should the probably bully, also tell teachers. Probably, yeah, probably also. But and the bully like and the bully throws the snow globe, globe and Charlie <gasps> believes like, oh, it's gonna be okay. And through the power of his belief, the snow globe like comes back to him. Yeah, Charlie oh, has a Jedi. Ke- yeah, he has yes, telekinesis. Also, he's a Jedi. <laughs> I mean, he's the son of Santa Claus. He so probably has some powers. I brought up the photos because there's a room full of other Santa Clauses that have taken on the mantle of Santa Claus before. And I just want to like to your point, Susanna. How could any Santa Claus be jolly unless there is magical compulsion? Because yeah. you are trapped in a contract for your life. Mm-hmm. You are stuck as Santa Claus. I would hate it so much. When they first show up at the North Pole and all the elves are like, you know, doing their thing. And I was like, are the elves not like sad that their boss died? I like, think do they not they have just this, like, How often do we go through Santa Claus? How old are the elves though? Does time They're like twelve thousand years. years old? So time is different for them. I just I feel suppose. like like an elf. Like by the time your like fourth or fifth goldfish dies, it just stops. <laughs> it stops clocking, and I think that for them that must be what it's like to go through Santa Claus. <laughs> sure. So then the next run of the book is like. They wake up the next day. Uh, Tim Allen is confused because his son remembers this dream where he was Santa Claus, and mm-hmm. they have to confront the fact that maybe this really happened. He loses his job at the toy company because all he eats is milk and cookies now, and he shows up. That's in, like, not grounds for firing. No, so but he well, like, it behaves erratic. So also yes. in the book. So remember in the movie, there's this there's seating there's like a meeting in a boardroom. And they're talking about the total tank, which is this toy that that they want to like give to everybody. And Scott Calvin's like, no, that's not what Santa looks like. In the book, the total tank gets like a lot more <laughs> screen time. Yeah. Like there's this whole thing about how hard it is to put together and how, you know, how wouldn't it be nice. Toy. Wouldn't it be nice if we made a toy that like taught kids something and it was like fun to play with? And it's it's this whole metaphor about about like I guess predatory capitalism. I'm I not think sure. So it's sort of like it's sort well, of. Well, they do mention in the movie 
there is a line about like it's gonna break. It's gonna they, break. It's cheap. It's, it's garbage. Cheap, yes, it's garbage. The, and then yeah. somebody else says, "Yeah, that's the whole point, so we can sell more." Yes, sure. Mm. Now, in the, like, in it's the, in there. It's in the movie, quick. in the movie, they tell you, and in the book, they'd show you because, like, they've got um, Scott and Charlie have like a prototype that they need to send out to the company so they can make more, and they're trying to put it together, and Charlie is not having a good time. <laughs> And that's what makes Scott think maybe this toy, maybe this total tank isn't so great. So he gets he gets fired because he is progressively becoming Santa and is like blowing up at his boss about how he also like he he tells his because the the, he's proven right about the total tank. That's true. This total tank thing comes up like three or four times. (laughs) I did not expect it to come up this much. Does it in fact totally tank? It does totally tank because he has nice. That's very good. He <laughs> had they have a focus group of kids come in to play with it, which to me seems like the first thing you would do and not the last thing that you would do before you ship this toy out to everybody. Sure. But it turns out that Scott was right. And so his boss comes in to like apologize to him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take another job like shipping toys, a job up north. Oh, my God. <laughs> And his boss decides that he has gone crazy thinking that he's Santa Claus and then he fires him. Yeah. So we're kind of like aligning over like a couple things where uh, there's the tension between uh, it's Neil and is the mom's name Laura? Laura. So Neil and Laura. uh, Neil is the stepdad. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold, who's the psychologist who's like doesn't believe in unrational thought. And thinks that this is all unhealthy to believe in Santa Claus. And slowly Tim Allen is becoming Santa Claus physically in some mm-hmm. sort of Kafka-esque nightmare. <laughs> There's Not a... that slowly is the thing. No, no, like, no, no. It is over the course of many months. He goes to a doctor, and and this is similar to the movie, but the doctor is just like, yeah, you're healthy. Like, your body looks great. It must just you... be your razor is he, why your beard like, keeps like, growing back. what are you back. eating? And he's like, milk and cookies. He's like, that'll do it. And he, he doesn't <laughs> say anything else. Um, and then... Uh, what else happened? So that's happening, and then he gets involved. Like he's hanging out with Charlie more because Charlie's like, "Oh, you're Santa Claus. This seems cool." And he goes to one of Charlie's soccer games, mm-hmm. and like he says the name of a girl without having ever met this her. This scene gives me both in the movie and the book. I get the heebies a little bit. Yeah, he like some girl walks by and he's like, "Oh, hey, Rudy, or whatever her name is." And <laughs> Rudy, I don't know. It's not Rudy. It's something. <laughs> And and <laughs> it is something. You're right about that. <laughs> and his son's like, how'd you know her name? He's like, I don't know. I'm going to go sit over here on that bench next to that other girl. He deliberately says that. And he sits down and then she climbs on his lap and like whispers in his ear that she wants something for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Neil and Laura show up and they see him basically cosplaying as Santa Claus at the soccer game to do, to what they think is happening. Now, if you, and if you were seeing this from their perspective, which as an adult, I <laughs> am horrible. fully able to, yeah. my ex-husband who's kind of borderline neglectful, who's of our borderline child. neglectful of our child has transformed himself into Santa Claus and now has a bunch of strange children sitting on his lap in the park. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not a good look. Yeah. Like the, movie i guess the book too doesn't really have a villain per se like the closest thing it has to a villain are are neil and laura mm-hmm. yeah but mostly they're, neil mostly neil but like they're not even like they're not really villains no, they're Neil's just fine. like neil is acting as a squares. as you would hope a parent would right. in a situation where 
something was actually bad happening and not like actual Santa Claus transformation yeah, body the, horror. Yeah, the, right. The divorce <laughs> thing is, is an interesting angle on Charlie's problems, where like if, if from Neil's perspective. He's got there's this kid that's clearly handling his parents' separation poorly, so he's like latching on to the Santa Claus thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas from Charlie's perspective, he's like, It's Santa Claus. Well, from Charlie's perspective, he he went from having this dad who didn't pay any attention to him at all to having a dad who's like confiding in him and yeah, he like has a secret. talking mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. him and and asking him, like treating him like a person. It's a it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like I, I felt for Charlie in this book a little bit. Yeah, it's rough. They do it like in the movie, Charlie is sort of along for the ride. Because it's a Tim Allen vehicle. Because it's a Tim Allen vehicle. <laughs> but in the, in the book, Charlie's arc is more is more pronounced. Yeah, because it is Not about... least because he gets this little scene of him with the bully and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not long after that, because of the fight and they're like, oh, his belief in Santa is causing him to get violent and get in danger. <laughs> Uh, and his dad is dressed not in... the vibe that Santa gives off. No, Violence. <laughs> no. <laughs> not generally. Um, that is part of the thing that causes Santa Claus to lose custody of his son. Um, <laughs> so Scott Calvin. Scott Calvin. <laughs> yeah, true. They're one um, and the same. I think at this point he has received the list from Bernard. Um, so all of the kids that are naughty and nice, he it's has like a to... paper list. This like high tech elf society sent like they a mail thousand it boxes. FedEx. <laughs> yes, they haven't invented computers or email yet. Listen, nobody. I don't know. The Santa list. that came to my holiday party sends his invoice via fax. So... That's true. He does. Whoa, still you were still. you were missing a fax from Santa for oh, several yeah, it was days. A problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is there seriously a Santa that comes to your office Christmas party? Mm-hmm. What is Are there a lot of children do? at your office Christmas party? Yeah. Oh. oh, okay. That's fine. I was going to say, like, if there's just like a Santa. Well, yeah, at, it's like, all the kids from the show. There are 26 oh, children in the cast of the current sure, show. Yeah, no, sure. that's okay. fine. That's fine. That's acceptable. It was just None Santa of them wanted in. anything to do with him I thought it was like a Michael Scott situation where like someone dressed up as Santa for the adults at your job. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to be the arbiter of naughty and nice, I guess. That's true. <laughs> uh, He'll so, send you a fax about it. So Ugh, Santa yes. loses custody of his child. I want to get a fax from Santa. <laughs> and it gets to, uh, we're, at this point, we're at Thanksgiving. So Christmas is about a month away. And it's laid out more explicitly in the book than in the film. Hey, you've got 11 months to get your affairs in order, literally the quote, which is what you would say if a person Someone's was dying. dying and becoming Santa Claus. <laughs> it's true. And then you got to come up here and be Santa or else they're just won't be a santa anymore and christmas will be over yeah where god and And jesus are in this in this pantheon is they're not not this is purely secular secular belief magic chris yes belief in magic magic this is (laughs) coca-cola santa claus that's true Mm -hmm. that's true um so chapter 10 after santa loses custody of his son uh (laughs) begins scott was not giving thanks this thanksgiving boy he was crying. Oh, no. He stood in the snow outside Neil and Laura's house feeling miserable. And he watches them have like their dinner. And Bernard like shows up and he's like, hey, you got to like talk to your kid before I take you away to the North Pole and you mm-hmm. start really being Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kidnaps his son? Yes. Away to the North Pole? Yeah, kind of. 
And his Doesn't son that is, kid go willingly? Yeah, he does. But he does not have but... the right legally to take custody of well, his child. Well, so who is Santa still an American at this point? <laughs> does he like? Well, he definitely does transported he... him over international borders. I feel like you would need to extradite Santa from the North Pole to to sort tell him how of, to yeah, do anything to at this point. Yeah, yeah. There, they kind of in the the book kind of glosses over the parts of the movie where like the FBI is like tracing the call to the North Pole. Where the son calls to be like, I'm yeah, okay, mom. Like this I'm, whole back like I'm 20 minutes Santa of the Claus. movie that just become a weird action movie are a part of a chapter in the book, I think. Yeah. And so like he has to go deliver presents on Christmas Eve to Neil and Laura. And there's a sting operation where the <laughs> FBI like capture him and put him in jail. And the ELFS, yeah, the elves. The elves. The what are they called? The effective liberating force squad, according to the book. That's not what they are in the movie. I don't think. I don't think that's what they are in the movie Is that either. What they are in the book. Is that right? Effective liberating force that squad. Sucks. I hate that. A bunch of elves with uh, jetpacks like fly in. Jetpacks that go faster Those than the Those are the elves light. with attitude. They are right. the elves with attitude. And they do, in the book, the, that attitude line does survive, <laughs> which is <laughs> not great. Um, like, so in the movie and in the book, this is another thing where the book is a little bit clearer than the movie, even though they're both doing the same thing, is there's all, like, all this high-tech gadgetry exists because Scott Calvin is aware of and terrified of, of being his Santa own Claus. mortality. That's true. Yes. He, no, he's not afraid of being Santa Claus. He's afraid of not being Santa Claus anymore because he oh. knows how he became Santa Claus. Oh, that's right. So there's this scene. Um, As he strolled toward the workshop, Scott felt a surge of pride. The wall, the halls were lined with hundreds of photos and paintings of past Santas. And now he, Scott was one of them. It was a great feeling. Soon I'll have my picture up there. He said to Bernard and Charlie, I'm, I'm so honored, but something was bothering Charlie. Bernard, he asked, looking up at the pictures, how come there have been so many Santas? That's a good question, Bernard said slowly. The best answer I can give you is they suffer from professional burnout. You mean because the job is so demanding, asked Scott. No, said Bernard. I mean, a lot of people keep fires burning in their fireplaces and some Santas suffer burnout scott finished the sentence with bernard he felt a little sick then there are overprotective homeowners bernard oh continued God. santas get shot at and of course quite a few santas have gotten sucked into the exhaust of a dc-10 oh and storms are a real problem <laughs> they go into so much detail about how all the santas get off but, but some how do how can someone else put on the suit if yeah, got the man has been sucked into, into a jet, jet engine? Maybe or I mean incinerated maybe <laughs> in your extra hot. Either fire. he has a spare, or the suit is impervious to damage. Uh, I don't know, because the, then why would Through they make a jet engines? Then why would they make a flame retardant suit? Maybe the suit itself will like come back together, but it doesn't yeah, actually maybe it's offer like evil Santa suit any from protection. Spider-Man <laughs> that attaches itself to people. <laughs> Spider-Man three. Spider-Man three. Yeah, okay, the Venom suit, the evil space suit. That's very upsetting. I'm I'm glad they didn't <laughs> yeah, put that in there. I was hoping we would get a little bit more about the whole like how does the whole Santa Highlander thing. Yeah, and we they definitely one. did give us some more Yikes. in the book. I remember. 
remember when I first saw this movie in theaters when I was, I guess, eight, if this came out in 1994. Um, I remember being very confused and frustrated and upset by the scene where Bernard is explaining what the Santa Claus is because I didn't understand the word clause. <laughs> With an E. <laughs> With an E. Like uh, the legal term clause. And I really tried to understand. Like I asked my parents what it meant. And they tried to explain it to me, and I didn't understand. And there's a line. The movie is based <laughs> on a pun. Yeah, yeah, I get it now, but I was eight. Yeah. Children don't. Yeah, know that's just how, that's just how I know you. exactly. It's I just... cannot have been the only child who's no, baffled. I don't by think this. you were, and I think like a lot of people spell Santa Claus with an right, e now because they, because they don't know get what it. that means. And there's a scene where Bernard, where like. Bernard is trying to explain the situation to Scott and he goes, not Santa Claus, the person, Santa Claus, the clause. And I remember just being so upset by that <laughs> sentence as a child because I didn't understand what was going on. And I was not a stupid child. So it was really very upsetting to me. And like, if I had been there listening to them talk about Sandy getting sucked into jet engines, I really think I would have been truly out of the whole thing. <laughs> Fair enough. This no, this is and that scene. When he tries to explain what a clause is, he doesn't do it very no, well. He He's like, it's the last sentence of a contract, and that's not really what a clause is. It's just like part of a sentence. Boy, look who's a clause yeah. expert now. So, <laughs> I really think they did their their main audience, i.e., small children, a serious disservice. I mean, this is this that. is equivalent, I think, to the scene in The Incredibles where they talk about why why no capes. I guess because you get sucked into jet engines and people that are going to die. I just there is yeah, a way was, I think you can scary. kind of play it for laughs. I suppose. Hmm. Laura seems skeptical. I don't think that capes on superheroes are the same thing as a Santa suit that might magically come back together, even though it's been ripped apart. <laughs> I mean, those superheroes in that montage where she was doing the no capes thing, all those superheroes died in those scenes. Yeah, but you don't get to like <laughs> then the cape comes back together and somebody else can no, wear it. No, that's true. That's like, just the no, end. No, one else becomes Frozone. That's not how it works. It's just a hypothesis because even in the book, there are big gaps in this whole story that don't get explained. You just gotta believe. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. part of the point. Also. Yeah. So before he like runs off and and whatever, there's like a whole bit with the with the snow globe again, and like why he decides not yeah, why he decides not to go with his dad, uh, or that he believes in his dad as Santa Claus and Scott sees. Now we also have an unpacked fact that his name is Scott Calvin, which of course which is, is the, the, Santa the, Claus. The initials okay, for Santa Claus. Um, so he also sees. The Santa stuff in the globe, the, the the snow globe, which means that he believes in it because b- believing is seeing, right? That's mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, were you checking the back of the book to make yeah. sure that <laughs> you were reading the tagline? I almost said seeing is believing. Now, it. that is it's, the regular version. Oh, no, it's of so it. clever. And I get it. That's what the Santa Claus is turning There's on. There's like its head. two jokes here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they break Santa Claus out of prison after the FBI or whoever trapped him. Um, they still keep the part. They okay. This is a weird part of reading novelizations. Here's a weird thing about reading novelizations: is like the lines that you know are from trailers are definitely in the book. Sure. So like, and a few of the like zingers. Yeah, too, that's what I like mean. Like when when Tim Allen says that Neil's head comes to a point, which to this day I'm still not quite sure what he's trying to say. Yeah, that's is good. in the book. It's still in the book. Yeah, Neil's head comes to a point. Is that a nerd thing? It's, I don't yeah, know. Is maybe. it like a reference to like Poindexter like kind of thing? Head, cone heads, sure like a cone. 
It's 1994. I don't think it's a Conehead reference. Maybe it's like Conehead. I don't think it's I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. But that the expression. one I'm thinking of is so they when they break him out of the prison, they have to like tie up <laughs> I did not know he had a name, Sergeant Chuzzlewit. Uh-huh. Um, Come again? What is that? <laughs> Sergeant Chuzzlewit. Yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant Chuzzlewit. Chuzzlewit. Is that an elf? What kind? What no, kind of a name is that? The is that, that is that French? Oh. The ELFS tie up and put a donut in his mouth oh. in the movie. Yes. There are a lot of cop donut jokes in the movie. So a lot of them. So he, um, the beginning of this chapter with Sergeant Chuzzlewit, um, <laughs> he says uh, he's like, oh, it's a nice quiet evening at the prison i mean they did arrest santa claus but <laughs> he's at the desk being like oh it's nice and quiet not a creature is stirring he says and then he gets attacked by elves and, and tied up and he says i was wrong creatures are stirring <laughs> he says to himself um so they break him out and one of the ways that they break him out is the elves use like tinsel Mm-hmm. To cut through the bars of the prison cell, right? Yep, they and do that the, in the, movie. the mm-hmm. elves' leader says, and this is a direct quote from the movie: "Tinsel, it's not just for decoration." And I, re- I remember that from the film because it's like, what a weird, what a weird <laughs> thing to say <laughs> to like land your scene with. Yeah. Um, like there's a nobody lot of those... was crapping on tinsel before this. <laughs> like, what are you defending? I mean, pet owners maybe, but I can, no, yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Um, so he goes back to the house with Lauren Neal and his son, and he's like, yo, I got to go be Santa Claus, and they're pretty like sad about this going away. Um, and Scott says to his son, like, hey, you believed in me. That's really wonderful. And Charlie has this selfless moment where he's like, oh, this dad that I hated at the beginning of the book mm-hmm. that I want to spend all my time with now because he's freaking Santa Claus I have to let him go so because there are millions of children who need him mm-hmm. to go off and be Santa. Right. So he's going to stay with his mom and Neil while Santa goes off to be Santa, uh, except, of course, that the end of the movie or the book, the same thing, um, he goes with him anyway. <laughs> it's like a weird <laughs> ending. Well, because he gets, he gets well, Laura yeah, and Neil to believe they believe, Again, and then Laura agrees yeah. to it and says, you can go with him, but not too far and not over any oceans. That's true. Why does why does he believe? Why do they believe? What is What happens? Um, they get the toys that they didn't get the years that they stopped believing in Santa. Yep. Yes. So the weenie whistle <gasps> so it is, and mystery date game. So it is still game. the mystery date game. What? I just had a thought because I was wondering. Okay. Like, I was gonna, did why? you just realize that that was the toys? No, that they, no, okay, no, good. of course not. <laughs> course not all right what if so i was wondering when i was watching them in the movie like why didn't santa bring them those toys when they were little kids like what's the problem uh-huh. maybe that was one of the years santa got sucked into an engine turbine. no no Whoa. it's probably because they stopped believing no, i don't know like, you got man. the cause and effect backwards no, you are they bound because they didn't get those gifts you are bound to have some interruptions in service if you have <laughs> that, that high a santa turnover what? No, hundreds okay. of pictures and no, paintings. But I think that puts the, this fiction right. This this Santa fiction does not put the onus on Santa. Santa, well, it, oh, but it does. It's a weird thing where it's like you have to like you have to have faith. You have to believe, but also Santa can just like fly over a hundred cop cars like on the lamb, and but there everybody are also sees a him. Bunch and it's of fine. legal reasons 
why Santa has to keep being Santa this, or Christmas dies. This book and movie makes a mockery of due process. Like at the <laughs> like Laura tears up the custody that's papers. Right. Like that's at how the that end. works in the in the movie and in the book. And if if that's how it works, like somebody could break into like the Smithsonian and tear up the Constitution and just be like, like "There's no Constitution anymore." You're welcome. Do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, you remarked on that when we were watching the film a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she ago. like throws it in the fire, and I was like, "They definitely have copies of that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is—they've got triplicate Can copies of this. <laughs> Can you imagine having custody no. papers for your son that says it's no longer Santa Claus's kid, <laughs> and you stare Santa Claus in the face and you say, "Hey, I got you a present," and you throw and them you... in the fire? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, wild. giving your ex-partner back custody, custody of their kids is a pretty it's a big pretty good deal. gift it's, it's a, a big no gift. it is a good gift i just don't know if you can just you just decide. have to make some calls about I, it it's pretty much so the law is not applicable like if like if you have a restraining order or something and you decide not to call anybody when somebody comes within right. the 100 yards or whatever then no. but i don't think they had a restraining order i mean i'm sure she actually I, can change the custody agreement whenever she wants i'm sure, sure. She, i'm sure that's allowed but like putting it in the fire doesn't do the trick that is also the end of mrs doubtfire incidentally where, well, where they burn up the custody papers like, how did people in the 90s think that laws Work. Where Robin Williams loses custody of his kids because of his weird behavior, <laughs> and at the end, his, his ex-wife is like, "Oh, never mind. Just come and hang out with him whenever you want." After all, Sally you did Field. something yeah. deeply strange, but you have a heart of gold, yeah. and so you can come yeah, see your and kids. It was strange come not see Matilda now. It was strange not because he was like, "Oh, I like being Mrs. Doubtfire." It was, "I will pretend to be an old lady so that I can be near my kids." Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to sure. like judge him. For liking being Mrs. Doubtfire, because I don't think he does. Uh-huh. No, that was his only option. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently he was going to, to Harvey Weinstein yeah. and turning into Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, yeah, this story's bizarre as a Santa story. I I looked up. It just raises so many questions. Yeah. I like the idea of Santa succession. Oh, I like it a lot. Though I just a think morbid that, one is a little creepy. I just creepy. think that there are some holes in the it's system that they have not thought about enough. I really like the scenes where he's like transforming and like not enjoying it and then eventually just sort of comes around. I think those are just fun. This is the first time I watched that movie as an adult and that whole scene where he's like talking about how he gained 30 pounds in a week and Susanna and I are just like, same. same. <laughs> <laughs> So the th- the one thing, and this gets to your compulsion point, Susanna, um, and we're, we're sort of running out of time, so I'll just kind of wrap up here. But um, when also this is the body horror part, <laughs> he he you know he's gaining weight. He is like trying to shave his beard with this like uh, like thousand dollar razor, thousand yeah. dollar European razor, <laughs> and it like grows back in like an hour or not even like in minutes. But he also is like at lunch and he's trying to order food uh it was terrible too when they all ordered lunch because even though he meant to order sensible healthy food like everyone else caesar salad no dressing when the waiter came to him scott heard himself asking for cookies a hot fudge sundae with extra fudge and an order of cheesecake on the side everyone (laughs) stared at him 
horrified. Same. <laughs> so it's like it's not just that he wakes up and like gains some pounds. It's there's like a, a an interesting behavioral yeah. personality yes, thing right. that is part of the Kafka well, body horror going in on. In both the movie and the book, the doctor holds the stethoscope. <laughs> listens yep. to his heart. Listens to his heart and hears jingle bells. Yeah. That's true. That's really good. I mean, Very. it's a really dangerous arrhythmia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should see a cardiologist. <laughs> so you need a second opinion about so this whole a, Santa Claus. According thing. to uh, the Wikipedia article on Santa in film, <laughs> most of the stories fall into like they they touch on five main themes, mm-hmm. right? Five. Seems so like I'm lot. just gonna run down <laughs> to make sure that we hit them all in okay. this one, right? All right, all right, all right. Uh, the origins of Santa Claus. Okay. Where do things come from? Did we hit them in this story? I don't know where you the mean first like Santa from came from. From the North Pole and when the other guy dies, you get to be him. Yeah, but there's no explanation of where the elves come from. They're just yeah. like kids. The right? source of the magic is never. They're not kids. Yeah, and the magic doesn't seem to be the sort of like Elf is a movie that like the magic comes from belief in Santa mm. Claus, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, there's none of that in this. Okay. Um, this this whole story is about questioning and believing. Sure, believe it. That's the other. It's the next theme, right? Uh huh. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Which like, what Neil is all like, you can't believe because I'm a psychiatrist. And my head comes <laughs> to a point, whatever that means. <laughs> it's not rational thought. I think it's I think it's a conehead thing. Um, the third one is Santa as the hero. Sure, he got that. Okay. Arguably, sure. Santa's a hero yeah. in this film. Sure. I was thinking also of Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe where he gives all those kids like weapons. That's what Jack Skellington wants. Oh. That's the version of Santa that Jack Skellington wants. The from hero? Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah. yeah. No, Jack Skellington from like Marley and Me. <laughs> like, what are maybe you not talking? everyone has seen Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> just being a good host, you jerk. <laughs> uh, I know there have been a lot of Jack Skellingtons in movies over the years. <laughs> just want to clarify. Pirates of the Caribbean, one through four. Um, and then we talked a lot about Santa Succession today. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that is that there's, one of the themes. It's one of the fourth, one of the five. What themes. other movie or thing? Um, has there that? was something called an Arthur in an Arthur Christmas or Arthur in Christmas, like the Arthur. Oh, I think they talked. No, I think I talk, they talked about this on um, on Wonderful this week. I think it's it has to do with or Santa um, Claus has like a son. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, according well, that's to a theme in Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies. Ooh, um, I bet. Okay, so the main. Part, Does Santa okay. Claus's son ever like chastely kiss a comely young lass? Is that ever yeah, the end in the of the last movies? like twenty minutes of the movie? All right, all right, it's required. Sure, <laughs> it is. Eighty uh, percent of the section of Succession of Santas is about the series of Santa Claus films. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a line about the animated film Arthur Christmas, where Santa Claus, the first Santa, is Saint Nicholas, uh-huh. Laura, uh-huh. Um, and he passes the title. Uh, to his son after 70 Christmases. Okay. Which is weird because I don't think if you're a bishop, you're supposed to have offspring. Listen, that is the least weird part. Yeah, sure. Uh, And apparently the crisis in Arthur Christmas is that (laughs) Santa doesn't want to retire because he's not sure what he's going to do after he's done. He has like anxiety about not having a job. Retirement anxiety. That's a real thing. No, that makes sense. What's the last And the last one is imposter Santa's. It's only like a little like bad Santa. Well, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> like the general, movie bad Santa. It, whenever there's a movie that has Santa in it, there's usually some sort of scene where that Santa has to like 
point at a mall Santa and like weigh in or like the, the kid who believes in a real Santa has to make some sort of excuse for why those mall Santas. So the, the thing that happens in this story is when the cops are looking for Scott Calvin, they arrest every other dude dressed like Santa Claus uh-huh. in the area of wherever this story takes place. So what? I don't know. It's unclear. Because Tim Allen's oeuvre is Michigan, because mm-hmm. he loves Michigan. Um, it is near a body of water in the movie. Yeah, that's true. And then there, I mean, like there's Detroit, a scene though. where they're flying over what is clearly New York City, but that's but after that they've be been Santaing be for a while. Yeah. Sure. Um, so what other Santa movies are there? The only one I can think of is Miracle on 34th Street. What there's like all those Rankin Bass, like Santa Claus mm-hmm. coming to town, You're Without a Santa Claus. Sure. You're Without a Santa Claus I like because... It's not about succession. It's just about, like, what if Santa just wanted to call in sick one year? <laughs> what if he had had it with all of you? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking up. Dear Santa, call me Santa Claus. Uh, Santa's in Ernest Saves Christmas. He's probably oh, also he? in Elmo Saves Christmas. He's an elf. Mm-hmm. Um, Santa's in the Polar Express. Uh, <laughs> Santa's in oh, the snowman. The he's, snowman he's in that for like a minute. I'm gonna make Andrew watch the snowman this year. Has he's Andrew never, never watched seen it? it? Can you believe that? Can you frosty snowman? No, no, just the snowman. The snowman. It's a hmm. silent cartoon. It's perfect. There's a okay. There's a TV film from 1991 called In the Nick of Time, <laughs> <laughs> starring Lloyd Bridges what? as Santa Claus. Oh. Whoa. That's pretty good. That sounds good. Um, so, yeah, that's the Santa Claus. Tim um, Allen hated making this movie. He was incredibly uncomfortable physically the entire time because the suit was really hot and they were filming <laughs> in like an unair conditioned 90 degree building. <laughs> and he got rashes all over his neck from the jacket. So, yeah. Oh, man. He was miserable. <laughs> and because in real life, despite his like, you know, sitcom. Toy Dad. Story situation. Ooh. He's like a totally nasty. Oh, I'm person. sure he's a prima yeah. donna. Sure. Jerk head, yeah. Start swearing and cursing and being disgusting in front of all the child actors playing elves all the time. So that's a interesting tidbit. I thought that was fun, fun. fact. Tim Allen's a jerk. <laughs> fun fact. That's fine. Yeah, uh, I was looking up this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Most of them are pretty good. Most of the reviews. the reviews, yeah, yeah, and most of them are, you know, contemporaneously are like, oh, we're discovering Tim Allen on the feature. F- like, <laughs> he's had a very successful sitcom for three years, so now movie audiences are being introduced to him. There was one review that was like, what about all the kids in divorced families? How are they going to feel about this movie? Which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the- not everybody's dad can become Santa Claus. No. <laughs> uh, and you then try hard enough. Uh, hey, and if you kill Santa, if you kill Santa Claus, yeah, try hard enough to. <laughs> And then I clicked on the link for Gene Siskel's review, which the blurb was a genial, lightweight entertainment. Get it? I clicked on the link, and it just took me to his review of Interview the Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that that's accurate. Uh, But yeah, that's this this story. That's this book. It's a... It's a As a novelization, how does... I enjoy reading Christmas novelizations, but I don't think... I would say you it's... should read the novelization of Elf next year. How about that one? Is well, there one? There I bet probably there is. Hold on. I mean, there's a stage play. Yeah, so I, it is interesting read to read a novelization having watched the film because you you both get a sense for what they are definitely skipping over, and you're like, oh, why did they zero in on this part? 
Like, why are they spending three pages on yeah. this beat? Elf, a short story of a tall tale. You can only get it in its library binding, but I think that's fine. All right, maybe we'll do that next year. Um, but yeah, I I always want to know, like at some like sometimes a novelization comes out. Like obviously this one came out after the movie by a couple years, but sometimes the novelization comes out at the same time. And I think my favorite like examination of this was um, Ryan North read the novelization of Back to the Future. Ooh. And it was based on like the original script, so it's and different. not yes. and not the like the edited script that they use for shooting. And so there are all these little weird differences, and you just get to like dive into them and think about why, like yeah, why, why these changes. The yeah, um, and, and that's and Laura, that's why I think you're right about the weenie whistle. I think that changes because Ovaltine decoder ring is not like a visual thing yeah, that's easily shot. Yeah, and it doesn't have any auditory. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And also, this having pictures in it, um, the where you mean the, the pictures... eight pages of full color images from the <laughs> from the hit movie, The Santa Claus. Yeah, okay. they spoil the movie, <laughs> like and the book. Also, you get that's what I mean. Like you get you get the ending where he's become Santa Claus because it's just it's and this is common I think presents. for novelizations of books. I think my novelization of the Super Mario Brothers movie was the same way as all the pictures are right in the middle, just from bi- for binding purposes. Yeah, and so you're at like chapter five. He hasn't even accepted that he's Santa Claus yet, and it's the end of the movie in the photos. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap up. If you, the listener, has uh, have opinions on Santa Claus or uh, the or if reason, you just want to fill in some gaps in this in the Santa myth, that yeah. How do you created. think he gets around the world so quickly? Yeah, how do you think? Yeah, we. I mean, time zones can only help you so much. Yeah. There's not multiple Santas. It's just magic. No, there are not multiple Santas. Don't There's only worry the one. About it. The book does not allude to time being wibbly wobbly for Santa Claus, which I think the movie sort of does. I don't know that. I don't know. It's, right, it's we, inadequately you were explained. To wrap up. We cl- yeah. no, we clearly need help. So if you, the listener, can help us, uh, please hit us up. We have an email account overduepod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook and Twitter account at overduepod. Uh, I have a short list of folks who have reached out to us since we posted our last episode. Um, some good responses to The Book Thief. That includes Shanna Bo, Jenny, Jazz, Brendan, Michael, Alexis, uh, Britt, Nicolepsi, uh, Melissa, Ryan, Mary-Kate, Paige, Lauren, and Inga. Uh, thanks so much. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? Overduepodcast.com. It's our website. What's there? Uh, links to iTunes and our RSS feed and our Google Play page. You can subscribe to the show with all those things. And if you want to give us a present for Christmas, you'd leave us a review in iTunes because we like it and it's great. Um, we also have a link to our Patreon page, which is how you can give us money. Give us another Christmas present in the form of money. <laughs> um, and links to HeadGum, our podcast network. Thanks to them for another good year. And um, you can and go that's to it, right. You like, can go to deal. for one more week if you're listening to this like on or around Christmas Day. Uh, you can go to overduepodcast.com slash store and get some merch from us. You might get it in time for Russian Orthodox Christmas, which is on <laughs> January 7th. Uh, so you it's could... also Epiphany in the end of the 12 days of Christmas. Hey, there mm, you go. Nice. So I think um, you have missed the uh, crucial Boxing Day cutoff yes, point. Though. That like is you, true. We don't have Boxing Day gifts for you anymore. Uh, but you can do that. 
Um, and we will see you in the new year. On New Year's Day, you can find our Beauty and the Beast episode, which we recorded down in Fairfax, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, which we had a great time with. And we should have our January schedule up by then. I don't have it in front of me, so I won't tell you about it. That sounds great. Okay, everybody. Thanks for oh, listening. Wait. Suzanne wait, and Laura, thank you for joining yeah, us. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Be safe and happy. And if you see Santa Claus... Shoot to kill. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't if you're not ready to take on that. If you're not ready for the responsibility. But maybe snap a picture. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening and try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.